0: Come back in it. Take two. <laughs> Gets me all fired up.
1: Yeah, so working with Barbette, um, mm-hmm. in that process, like, how'd you guys come up with the questions?
0: So, <laughs> it's actually funny because I had ideas of things I definitely wanted to ask. And then... I would, like, send them to him. He would look over them, et cetera. But then before we did your first episode, um, especially because I had never done this before, I talk to people all the time, and it honestly is kind of similar to my job in a way because it's, like, I'm very much myself at my job, so it's, like, not, like, I put on, like, much of, like, a therapist hat. Like, it's you kind of just... You
1: to be you. That's pretty cool. Yes.
0: Um, at least most of the time. And so we did, like, a run-through... Via, I think it was like FaceTime or whatever it was. And he acted as you. And I, um, I asked the questions. And so he answered as if he was you. And we probably went for like, I don't even remember how long we went for a while. And like the conversation was so good. And it really was like, I was talking to you. I was like, this is going to be crazy.
1: So he knows me. He knows you well, That's crazy. better than you think. I mean, so maybe my podcast wasn't uh, was originally from me, but it was from Barbette, you know. <laughs> that was the inspiration for episode one. Yes. Wow.
0: You speaking through you.
1: This blows my mind. It's my first time hearing this.
0: Yeah. It was it was really helpful, one, because it helped me see. I don't know, I guess it, it took some of like the anxiety away for me because it was like, okay, I really am just having a conversation. Yeah. Um, and that's how I wanted it to feel. Not only for me, but for all of the guests, too. Um, And I think that that was really, that was probably one of the best pieces of feedback that I got after every episode was like, this felt natural, or like, this really did feel like a conversation, or like, that felt therapeutic, or like, it just, and so I, yeah, that was probably like, the best feedback that I got, and it was consistent throughout the season, and that's what I wanted, you know?
1: Well, you're a great host, you know? Thank you. I'll give you your flowers. <laughs> um, I try, I try. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess we could segue into some of your favorite moments from okay. the season, you know, or yeah. you know, this this run of episodes.
0: Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. I feel like I had something different that I really liked in every episode. Okay. I think overall, I really enjoyed the diversity of people that I had on. In a lot of different ways, like the variety of um, ethnicity and culture, the variety of upbringing, the variety of like where they're at now and like jobs or like what they do you know to express themselves. I enjoyed listening to to everybody's story, and even people who were similar like maybe two people are doing music, yeah. the differences in their experience and their journey, I think was really interesting. And I learned so much about so many people that I'm actually very close to and already know a lot about. So it was, it was really interesting to have that be a part of it. Um, I think that one of the things that definitely sticks out to me is Tercia's episode. Um, Just because of how vulnerable she was. Like, it's not easy to Talk about things, specifically things that she was talking about. And, I don't know, allow herself to be vulnerable in the moment and, like, be tearful and cry and keep talking about it. Like, she never was like, can we take a break? Or, like, can you delete that? And so that was something that stuck out to me.
1: Those raw moments, I love those
0: raw Oh, my moments, gosh. Sad. It was... And I, I never knew what to expect on every episode, like, because some of the topics were definitely very heavy, and everybody kind of deals with that differently. Um, I know for me, even for me, like, there's some things that I can talk about with people, no problem, but if I was, like, by myself thinking about that thing, I'd probably cry. Right. It's just, like, depends on the day or whatever. Um, and then, oh, God, it's so hard to say, like... I think also the last episode, it's also fresh in my mind, but with Ryan, I think that he brought something very different to the show than a lot of other people did.
1: Um, Elaborate.
0: I think that his background was a little bit different in terms of like a lot of people that were on the show were from Brockton. Um, he's from Taunton.
1: Big T. Big T. Shout out to the Green. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, what was that place that we went to? That was so much fun that night.
1: Oh, In Taunton. Bobby's place. Bobby's Place. He just took me back Shout out, out to
0: Bobby's place. Um and his tattooing journey and like I don't know. It was just different. It was very different than a lot of other people's. story and experience and I think things that he has learned throughout his time tattooing it was really fascinating to hear him talk about it or be like oh yeah you know I when I go to New York City like one of the biggest things I've learned is like when you're walking around like literally nobody gives a shit like nobody gives a shit what you're doing like just be yourself do you because nobody cares like really nobody cares nobody cares as much as we think that they care in terms of like feeling like oh maybe I don't want to dress like how I really want to dress because people are gonna be like that looks weird or whatever you know what I mean it's like nobody's actually gonna care
1: like now some people do care But you don't want to fall for that like when I was in New York I had that same experience too with the band members and they were t- like uh, one of them he's from a small town and like I can imagine everybody knows each other so they might be more inc- like more inclined to like care about yes what you do. yes but New York
0: And that, though, that is so toxic, though. So I think that there's still a lesson to learn there because it's like, why do you care as much as you do about the way I maybe express myself or what I want to do? Because I actually feel like that was a big piece of what I learned going to school in Norton and then transitioning to Brockton. I feel like there's drama in both places, of course. It looks very different. It's dealt with very differently. But, like, in Norton, I just remember feeling like people would care and judge a lot. Yeah. And I think that people did care and judge a lot. And it was always done, like, behind your back. And then, like, nobody would do anything about it, really, is, like, kind of how it felt all the time. And then it was very clicky for that reason. And, like, I don't know. It just... When I went to Brockton, I'm like, of course, there's, I mean, people still talk behind your back and like people do this and that and whatever. But like, I feel like it taught me, I don't know. I feel like I attribute this to Brockton, but I don't know if it, if this is why, but I feel like it taught me to like, one, that's not okay, really. Like if you feel some type of way, like tell me or talk to me about it, or if you're going to say it behind my back, say it to my face, kind of like a mentality. Or let's, like, figure it out or handle it, whatever it is. Um, so I do feel like, you're right, people do care and people judge and whatever. But it's, like, learning how to not let that affect you or not care about them caring yeah. kind of a thing I think can be really helpful. Um, I think that Ellen and Lauren's episode was also very interesting because they... Um their episode was different for a lot of reasons. Um I think that was the only episode where I had like two white females along with myself um talking about their upbra- upbringings which were different from most of my other guests and both of their situations were also very different. Yeah. So That was very interesting to see. And they're in the same field as me. So, like, that was the episode that I felt like had the most, um, I don't know how to articulate it, like, most psychology insight, I guess. So, like, we were talking about a lot of things from our psychology background, like, I feel like, and you could kind of see that a little bit, um i don't know i feel like i could name something from every episode like trayvon's episode was also wild like he was so he never really talks about anything
1: yeah
0: and like doesn't really show people any of that so for him wavy baby baby for him to come on and like shed light on what he's been through i think was was really amazing also um I don't know I literally every episode yeah, like it,
1: it I know it's hard to, you like, know put into perspective like, it is like to generalize everybody's situation yeah too, but I would say for me our story
0: a lot of people lot. actually reached out to me about his episode
1: I got it I personally want to thank you for allowing that, and I and I reached out to you yeah so let you know yeah you know um, what was it about his
0: story specifically you feel like that
1: That was, like, the first time I seen someone really, like... Let me not say the first time, but I really felt someone take that pain Mm -hmm. and transform that into passion. And I don't personally know his current uh, life right now. But from what he shared on, it looks like something that he's fighting with every day. Mm -hmm. And I'm just rooting for him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know. That's so true. And I appreciate that because I feel like that's also... Like, I want more of that. I want people to be, like, rooting for each other. Yep. And, like, I think hearing people's stories can help develop that also. Because um, everybody has something that either has happened or something that's going on that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad that I've been able to, like, provide a platform for people to, to share that and to connect or relate to stories yeah. that are being shared. That was something that I think I really enjoyed too was having people reach out to me after episodes and being like, that really hit me or like, thank you so much for that episode or, you know, I don't know. It just, I feel like it went a lot better than I was expecting it to go. Like, I feel like, I can't believe that season one is done and I'm really happy with the... I can't think of the word. Not the feedback, but the... Um,
1: the result.
0: Yeah, like the result that That came from it.
1: I think people are too.
0: I can't believe it. It's so, I don't know. It's exciting.
1: I personally would Like, knowing you, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know that your career would bleed into this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's something that I also feel like I've struggled with a little bit and like trying to figure out how to navigate this whole thing because of what my career is it's hard to like it's hard to then also put myself in a public light Yeah. talking about maybe not always directly talking about what I do every day but I don't know it's hard like We're taught in school, especially with psychology, especially even more so working in the legal system, like make all your shit private. Like all your social media should be private, all this stuff, which I think has a lot of benefits. So, you know, navigating like maybe what I have to be careful with talking about or people that I can have on as guests. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of layers and things that I'm still trying to figure out, but. And I always say, I want to make sure that I'm always doing the work on the inside. Mm -hmm. And by the inside, I mean like in corrections, what I do every day. I would never change that for the world. And I would always, that always would take priority for me, but I want to be able to do both. So I'm hoping that it can continue because it's important.
1: So are the conversations that you have with people out here kind of modeled after how the conversations are with people in the jail cells? Or in corrections? Yeah, I think
0: so. Honestly, like, I think one of the main reasons why I I feel like I'm very good at my job, and I think that one of the main reasons for that is because I'm just very, like, genuine. Mm. And, like I said earlier, I'm just, I'm really just, like, myself. Yeah. Which I think working in corrections allows me to do that. I think there's a lot of places where you kind of have to put on this, like, I don't know, like like, like I said. Yeah, like, put on this image and... Um, I can be very blunt with my coworkers, with the people that I, you know, the people that I work with, um, the people that I provide services for. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I can just be myself and like give them a space, hopefully, where they feel safe to talk about whatever it is that's going on. And I feel like I give them respect and like I get respect back simply just for that. I honestly think like Actually, the other day, someone came up to me and was saying hi, and then one of the other individuals who's incarcerated was like, damn, you're, like, famous out here. And I was like, I just am respectful, and so I get respect back, like, and I feel like people appreciate that, because 99, maybe not 99% of the time, a lot of the time, people who work in that field, I feel like, don't give that. They have this sense of, like, authority, and they really feed into that. Yeah. So,
1: and the whole purpose is to like you know rehabilitate yes when you really think about it yes,
0: and it our system needs a lot of work to really make that happen because it's not it's not great at doing that right now,
1: so you're really important then
0: i th- I like feel to like think any so on you? Mm. sometimes I think that there's times in my job where. I feel like I can only do so much and that really sucks. Um, Or should I have done more and that feeling sucks? Um, Or like, I don't know, even if I have an interaction with someone that's not great for whatever the reason.
1: Let's stop. Yo, the light went off. Okay, sorry.
0: No, it's okay. Um, Even if I have an interaction with someone who, I don't know, and it's not, not that it's not great, but like maybe something happened or maybe they got pissed at me for whatever reason or whatever it is, feeling like, am I going to be the reason that they feel worse or, and that's something that I think we learn also throughout our training is like, you're not going to make someone worse. You're not going to make their illness worse if they have like a diagnosis. Um you're never gonna i mean this is heavy, but like w- you're never going to cause someone to attempt suicide yeah. like those things that are very real in our job we do we have to take that burden off of ourselves a lot of times because if we don't
1: yeah, yeah they'll consume you
0: it's just it's too much it's like you just can't um so I do feel pressure, but I think that for the most part. I don't know I feel like I've found a good way to like handle that and just I'm pretty lax I would say at work too like I I don't get too I there's times where I can get super stressed out but for the most part I'm just kind of like just chill like laid back (laughs) just like go do my thing go do my group whatever I have to do I try to be so helpful like anytime I can help someone I try to be helpful like people will be like oh like that's not your job you don't have to do that for them and I'm like I know but It's like the little things that make the world of a difference, you know what I mean? And it's like, if I I can take five seconds out of my day to do something that somebody needs, like, I'm going to do it. So, it's a lot of pressure, but.
1: There's hope, you know? Yeah. There really is. Yeah. There really is. Um, Without going, uh, you know, I don't know the rules of your job or anything, but like, can you describe like a breakthrough moment you had with someone in there? Oh, wow. Getting into detail.
0: Yeah, I I can think of a few right now just because I'm ending this like year-long residency that I'm in right now. So I'm kind of like in the middle of terminating with all of my, the people that I'm seeing. And um, I think it goes back to just like my demeanor and my nature. I've had a lot of people who have said like, I've never met someone who cares, yeah. and like that alone. Like, first, firstly, it makes me sad because it's like, why aren't there more people that care <laughs> that work in this field? And then there's the other part of me that's like, this is why I do what. This is why I do this because like I do want to be a person. Or like a light in the system where they, it, I don't know, that proves that there are people that do care. Yeah. Um, so similarly, I have someone else who I'm terminating with right now who um, has basically said the same thing. Like I've never trusted any of my psychologists. You're the first person that I've actually like trusted, which also then sucks because it's like now I have to leave and you have to start over with someone else and that's not easy, obviously. Um, But I would say those moments are probably some of the biggest because like, we get taught all these interventions and all these things to do and types of therapy and all that stuff and all that's helpful. Like, the research proves that and shows that, but literally just being there and creating a safe space for someone to talk, like, like, it's more about the therapeutic relationship and, like, how to create that space for someone. I feel like that can make a world of a difference for someone. Um, so, I also think I, I try to get very creative. Like, I will do, I don't even know. Like, I'll come to a session and be like, we're going to make vision boards today. Or like we're gonna make affirmation cards or like I had my group the other day do I had them be a debate team yeah. and they had to debate <laughs> against each other and like it was amazing like they loved it maybe they didn't want to do it at first they're probably like oh like this is yeah, stupid like ice, you know, yeah. So, yeah and then like you know we then we can also joke and like it's so I don't know I feel like you have to get creative because otherwise it's just like
1: it eases the tension yeah
0: you know? and the topics can get boring like you know what I mean like that's one of the things I always go in especially in groups I'm like Listen, we're going to be together for 10 weeks. I'm not here to bore you guys. You want to do this group, like, what do you guys want to do? Like, let's figure out a way to make this, like, actually enjoyable, like, for the 10 weeks and every hour or the hour that you have to be here for every week. Like, let's, you know, trying to relate to them, I think, is... Or, no, show them that you can be be relatable, I guess. Because that's also... Something that I feel like is hard to come by with psychologists and corrections. Because a lot of people, I feel like, look at psychologists and are like, I don't know, they don't think that they've maybe been through, not been through, like I, I'm sure that they think that people have been through things, but like I know people who have been in the system. I know people who have lived similar lives to some of the people that I've worked with. And so I think that that can be helpful to show that I'm not just like a, like straighten up my tie, like psychologist,
1: you know what I mean? You know, it gives off very authoritative.
0: Yes, it does. And so I think, I don't know, just being transparent about that, like because I I say that, like, I'll walk around and be like, I understand that I'm dressed just like the rest of them. But you're not. Yeah. And it's like, so and I don't, so I'm never walk into a space expecting you guys to trust me <laughs> or want to talk to me. But like, I try to prove, you know, with my actions and that they can, I'm someone that they can trust and talk to. So it helps. Yeah.
1: Dang. I feel bad. You know what I'm saying? It's the podcasts and and her uh, people she's worked with, they're going to miss her, you know?
0: I know. I'm sad to leave, like, where I'm at now. It's hard to... I don't know. It's hard to work with people and then, like, never see them again or never know what they're up to, like... Because also, we're not really... Like, you're not supposed to, like, look them up and, like, try to, like, find them or, like, you know what I mean? So... Just as much as it's hard for them, I always try to explain, too, that, like, it's also, it's not easy for me, too, because, like, I hope and wish the best for you, right? And I always tell them if they're about to release, I'm like, I hope I never see you again. And I mean that in the best way possible. Like, yeah. don't come back here, basically. Like, you know what I mean? that
1: emotional attachment.
0: Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's a weird feeling.
1: Do you, is there, like, something you do to, like, process it or you just have to, like, let that? let that go I it's like a breakup it is it
0: really is like a breakup it's a weird it's like you just spent a year with someone telling them all of these things feeling like this is someone that you can trust and then it's like okay see ya now you gotta go work with someone else and start all over like that's not easy and so I talk about that with them how I understand how that's not easy I've gone to new therapists and I'm like, this is a pain in the ass. I have to like start all over and explain to this person my life story. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to do this again. Um, so I think that being open and honest with them talking about it a lot. Like I try to talk about it for a few sessions. Like, how are you feeling about it? Like, this is how I'm feeling about it. Um, and then also getting a like shit ton of supervision, like talking to my supervisors about how I'm feeling about it. Um, Because I'll leave a session and like go cry because of something that I heard or because something just really touched me or whatever.
1: You're not doing it in front of them, right? No, I've never cried in front of anybody. Is that like part of like training? Like you have to step away? Yeah,
0: it's definitely. um, Yeah. I think that it could happen and I don't think that it would be the worst thing Depending on the situation, um, but I've never. I have almost. I've definitely teared up in sessions before, but um, I've always cried afterwards. Dang. And I remember actually, there, I had a group too where this one kid was like, "You got nobody. Like you guys don't give a shit about us." Like, and he was talking about that, and he was like, "Like I feel like when you leave, like you just leave." And I'm like, "Some people maybe yes do that, but that's not true." Like, I'll never forget my first year. In my clinical, like, having a clinical um, position, I would drive home all the time crying. Wow. Like, all the time. Um, and it's not as frequent now, maybe, because I'm, like, a little more used to it. It's still, like, I, I think it still touches me the same, but, like, it's impossible to not think about it afterwards or, like, not take it home sometimes and... Obviously, I have to take care of myself and find ways to help with that, but yeah. um that's a lot, you know? Hearing about, I don't know, just a lot of things, yeah, things imagine. that you can't even imagine, yeah.
1: I always think of, like, therapists and people. I'm like, who does therapy for you? I know. Or how do you cope with that?
0: I have been to therapy a bunch. Um, I think that for me... It's, I've done therapy on and off. So like when my, no, actually no. When my dad first passed away, I didn't go. But then it got to the point where I'm like, okay, I should probably go. Yeah. And so I started going and then it would be like, okay, I'm feeling better. I'm going to stop. And then something else would happen and I'd be like, I need to go again. And then I'd stop and then I'd go again. And that's like, wh- that's what happens with people in real life too. Like, like people I treat. that's a normal thing to go through. Like you feel better and you're like, I don't need this anymore. I'm good. You know? And then it's like,
1: you start creeping back. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then you're like, shit, I wish that I was still going to therapy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but specifically when I was in my doctoral program, I was seeing a therapist and that was very helpful. One, cause I was going through a lot, but also it was helpful to talk about just my, even like my school experience or things that were really hard at work. Um, and like being able to explain to someone who can relate in a way, obviously because they're also a therapist um and has been through like schooling and stuff like that, so um a lot of therapists see their own therapists. I think that's important, even if it's not legitimate therapy, like consultation supervision like is so important because we have to.
1: Using your brain a lot. Yes, emotions. that takes a lot. You know, I get—I
0: forget sometimes. Like, I'll get home and I'm like, I am exhausted. Like, why am I so tired? And then like, someone will remind me. They'll be like, What do you mean? Like, <laughs> you obviously you're tired.
1: I yeah. Only really imagine being in your shoes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In that vest, you know. It's a lot. With the mace. It's a lot. Yeah. That's a that. Does it, it feel heavy on you?
0: It feels heavy. It feels less heavy now. When I first started, I was like, I hate this. I'm like, I don't want, like, I'm a psychologist. I don't want to look.
1: Like 50 Cent, you know? (laughs) I'm like, I
0: don't want to look like an officer. Like, I don't know. In my head, I'm like, I don't want to look like a cop. I don't want to look like a correctional officer. Because in my head, I'm like, why would anyone want to talk to me? And do therapy with me,
1: yeah.
0: if I'm like, I don't know. So it was a really weird transition in the beginning. Um, that was something that I really took into account when I was doing interviews for like my internship and ranking for the match process. Um, I asked like everybody I knew that had worked in the system that I work in now how that affected their work and or if it did at all. Um, because I was really nervous about that, but it hasn't affected it as much as I thought it was going to. So it, it's it's been nice that way. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I enjoy being able to wear like, comfier clothing. I don't have to wear like dress pants to work every day, which is really nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's weird. Sometimes I see myself in the mirror and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah,
1: that picture. Uh, like, it's my first time seeing it. Yeah, like, like, it's a whole different person. It's crazy.
0: But it feels like where I'm supposed to be, so that's nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You mentioned something earlier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think the audience knows too much about your personal life, but you mentioned that your father passed away. Yes. So you went to therapy for it, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, do you mind sharing how you got through that or, you know, some of the things yeah. you went through?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, my dad... Died when I was 18, um, which is crazy because now it's been like 10 years. Yeah. Some days it feels like it's been a lifetime, and then other days it feels like it was just yesterday. Um, he died in a car accident, so you know it was very tragic, very sudden. Um, and he was my best friend. Like, he, I've never met anyone like him. Um, however, I feel like as I get older, I, I think I'm learning more and more that I feel like I emulate a lot of his qualities, which feels really nice. Cause I feel like I can like, you know, continue his legacy. Um, it was really hard for a long time and it still is, you know, it never gets, it never gets easier. And I try to tell people this when they're grieving, it never gets easier. You just learn how to deal with it differently. Um, I felt that one. Like, I don't know, it's, there'll be days where I'm like, fuck everything, you know, like I just want to cry or like knock it out of bed. And then there are other days where some days at the end of the day, I'm like, did I, did I forget about him? Like, I know I didn't, but it's just, it's like a weird, I don't know, grief is a weird thing. And I think that it's hard to explain if you've never been through it personally, Um, but there were a lot of reasons why I think his death was, like, traumatic for me. Um, I mean, it being sudden was obviously a part of that, but I wasn't in the state at the time. I was in another state. So, it was, like, a really weird situation where I, like, got the call in the middle of the night, had to, like, immediately find, like, the next flight home, but, like, nobody told me what was going on.
1: Oh, they they kept it.
0: Because, yeah, they didn't want to tell me. So it was like, I knew my dad had been in an accident, but that was it. And, like, obviously, as I'm on the plane, I'm like, they would not make me fly home unless that was what happened. Yeah. And then there's the other part of me that's like, there's no way that's happening. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, arriving at the airport, seeing, like, my family there, and being like, Okay.
1: Those, f- you you started thinking. Yeah, like
0: what the fuck's going on? Um, and then, yeah, like, I don't know, not being able to say goodbye, like, the hospital, thankfully, um, like, kept him in the room that he was in until we got there, um, which is, I mean, it, it's just a part of like, working in the hospital, but like, when that happens, like, they kind of have to like, move things along, and like, yeah, we kind of need the room now for, like, the next... Like, you know what I mean? And it's, like, it sounds shitty, but, like, it's that's, like, how it goes. So I was... That was nice, at least, that they did that. And at the same time, it felt weird because it was, like, the last time I saw him. It, like, wasn't him, really. Like, you know what I mean? It didn't really look oh, yeah. like him. And it's, like...
1: I don't know. Some it's of this is real. T- it's, like, a dream. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um... And then I flew into the Providence Airport for years, could not fly, I was like, I refused to fly into that airport, um, and it's the closest airport to where I was living, like where I lived, but I just refused to fly out of there, because it was just too much, and it's a small airport, so like, you can't really like escape, or like, it's not a big airport, you could be like, okay, well, I'm going to be in this completely other part of the airport, like no, it's such a small airport, like just like one baggage claim, I think. So it's like I'm gonna see, I'm gonna go to the same spot that I did when that happened. Um, and then yeah, it's just like weird things. I remember his funeral, his funeral and wake. I would remember like random things from the wake, like the smell. Like if if I smell a certain thing to like to this day, I'm like, oh, it reminds me of the wake, and it's like weird. I think that something that helped me though was. Um the amount of people that he like touched in some way or like the lives that he changed yeah. was like I knew I always knew that, but it was incredible to see yeah. the wake was two days, two full days, and it was nonstop from Beginning to end both days. Crazy. Like, I'll never forget one person in particular came by, no idea who the person was. And they were like, My name is so and so. Like, I'm from what I can't remember what grocery store it was, but he was like, I used to bag like your dad's groceries. And I'm like, What? (laughs)
1: Like, The the
0: impact that he had on people is so crazy. And then, same thing with the funeral. Like, I remember walking in there weren't even enough seats. Like, people were literally standing everywhere because there weren't enough seats in the church, and it's a big church. Like, it's that's, like, a big church in Brockton. Um, so, that helped in a weird way. I don't know. Like, even to this day, people will hit me up and be like, they'll tell me a story about him, or, like, a lot of students from Brockton High reached out to me, like, your dad saved my life, or you know, I was maybe going down the wrong path and, like, he really, like, helped me, like, turn things around or whatever. So, I don't know. That helped a lot. I think that, luckily, I have a very close family. Um, and so we talk about it a lot. I have an amazing support system, like, friends and family. Um, and therapy helped. Medication helped. Um, I'm pretty transparent about that stuff, too, because I think that sometimes people just need... I don't know. Sometimes people just need an extra, you know, whatever it is. Um, It's definitely affected me in a way that I think, like, certain things will trigger me. Um, I hate, obviously, I don't like to see car accidents, like, when I'm driving. Or... Really, any sort of loss completely fucks me up. <laughs> like, even, like, going through breakups for a while was, like, not good for me. And breakups are hard for everybody, right? But, like, it was like On a...
1: top of that, you got, oh, here's my dad's message. Yeah.
0: So, it was like, okay, yeah, breakups are hard, but, like, why is this, like, so hard? Like, why does it feel like almost like the end of the world, like, kind of a thing? Um, and the more I did therapy and kind of explored that, I think that, like, just the loss, the loss of something or someone is really triggering for me. Um, and so it's taken a lot of processing and, like, self-exploration. Um, but... I, know, I don't know it also like makes it i it really has shaped me in a way too like i I never in my life would have ever thought that that would happen to me or my family, and I feel like someone like who's just like seems such like so big like there's no way that like he could die you know what I mean it like, just doesn't make sense, and I feel like I lived my life like that for. 18 years which most people do no one really ever thinks about like oh someone in my family is going to die like i don't know you just don't think about it and now i feel like i really you just never know what can happen like you never know what day is your last that's why like i tell i'm like tell people you love them tell people how you feel about them like i don't care if you're on the phone for 5 seconds with someone like tell them you love them, like, you know what I mean, because you just never know, Um, and so, yeah, I don't know, I think that it's, it comes in waves, like, I know, for instance, like, I want to get married one day, I know when I do, like, that'll be really hard, graduating, and him not being there has been hard, because I know that he would be, like, I mean, I know he is so proud of me, and he was obviously huge into education, so, like, he would be, like, ecstatic, oh my god, um, but I do feel, like I like I said earlier, I feel like I emulate a lot of his qualities, and I think that that has... I don't know, it's felt nice. Like, recently at work, actually, a bunch of people kept calling me the mayor, and I'm like, oh my God, like, that is what people used to call my dad. And I'm like, I like that. Like, I like that people feel that I'm like... I don't know. I guess also making an impact, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's been... I mean, it's, it's crazy. He... He was a huge deal in a lot of different places, a lot of soccer world, Brockton High, Brockton in general, like most people know who he is. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's crazy, but it's nice for people to be like, oh my God, like are you Ernie's daughter? For a while that was like, oh fuck, like here we go, kind of a thing. I'm like, shit, like try to hold back the emotion or whatever, but now like I love that like yeah and then they'll be like oh my god like he was the best or like yeah yeah, yeah. um and his birthday was yesterday and I had so many people reach out to me so I feel very like blessed for the support system that I have a lot of people from like Brockton High like Mr. Brophy he like hit me up and he was like god I like I loved that man so much and I had so much respect for him and I'm like ugh. I know. It's like everybody
1: says. Like, that's
0: so nice. He's a great man, you know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah.
1: Thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah, of course. I know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I guess people don't. Not everybody knows that, obviously.
1: We're not just going out there telling people. <laughs> right. Like,
0: can. hi, I'm Morgan Bragg, Nice to meet you. My dad died.
1: <laughs> but what we can do is tell people what's next.
0: Yes. Oh my God, what is next? (sighs) Well, I know for me in my like personal life, professional life, whatever, I'm finally graduated. Finally have my doctorate degree, which feels really good. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I've been in college for 11 years and it has been forever. Um, I'm Glad to be done. I still have to, like, take an exam and whatever to get licensed, but um, I'm going to keep working in corrections. I feel like it's where I'm meant to be. Yeah. It's, like, the weirdest. I've never felt, the only other thing that I've ever felt this passionate about has been soccer. Um, And it's weird it's weird because I feel like growing up, I had no idea what I wanted to do. It was like soccer or nothing. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm going to play professional soccer, like whatever. And that was it. And then found this and it's like, it just feels like where I'm supposed to be. It's the craziest feeling. I love going to work. Like I literally look forward to going to work on the weekends. I look forward to going to work. Like it's stupid how much <laughs> I like yeah, what I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel so blessed because a lot of people don't know what they want to do. Yeah, And that's also fine. Like, I know that I'm kind of like the minority in that sense where like, it's rare to find something that you're so passionate about or work that you're like, you look forward to every day. And I know I'm still in the beginning of my career and I hope that that never changes. Um, So I am going to be moving to New York City, moving to Brooklyn. It's going to be really, yeah, I've been wanting to move to New York for a long time. I love the city so many, I mean, I just love cities in general, but like there's been something about New York City that every time I go, I'm like, this feels right. Um, so I'm going to continue working, you know, psychologist and corrections there. Um... And hopefully this podcast continues too. Hey. I feel like there are so many people that have something to say.
1: They need this, you know. Yeah,
0: and I want them to be able to say it. Um, and I don't know, like, I have so many ideas that I would like to implement at some point. And I think maybe as I get into my career more, like, maybe that will be possible. But I always just, I don't know, like, I think about wanting to build things for like families or people who have loved ones who are incarcerated and like, where's their support? <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Like I felt that one. they're also going fucking through it. And then like when things that help people get, when they release, like helping them reintegrate into society easier, like resume building. I don't know. Like there's so many things that I feel like need to be done. And I just hope that, I hope I don't lose that drive outside of, like I said, the work I do every day. I want to do the work on the inside. I feel like that's very important. And I feel like there's so much that needs to be done on the outside that I would like to contribute to, but it's, it's hard. It's a lot, obviously, and one step at a time. But I feel like this podcast is at least like a step in that direction. So hopefully everybody will look out for season two.
1: We're here for the ride, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know, we I need know you guys to be there, you know? Yes.
0: And thank you guys all for even fucking taking the time to listen to me talk and other people talk and hopefully everyone continues to learn something. So I feel like, I don't know. There's always something to learn. I feel like it's, we need to push self-awareness. It's so important to be self-aware Like, even if you have, like, a stomach ache, like, being aware that your stomach hurts and, like, oh, maybe, why? Like, why maybe? Is it anxiety? Like, did I eat something? Like, paying attention to patterns and things like that and just being, I don't know, being more aware. And I think that having conversations like this and hearing people's stories, I feel like kind of forces reflection upon people. Not only me, the people that are in the room with me while we're doing the show, but then also the people that are listening. Like... If you're listening to the show and you're thinking like if something happens and you're like, huh, like that's that's good. Yeah. So that's what I want.
1: Hey, People have a lot of home moments all the time. And we're grateful that it's with the Just Us podcast. Yes.
0: You know? Hopefully that continues. Well,
1: Morgan, I'm grateful that you're here. Um, I'm thank now you. taking over <laughs> the last two seconds. You're fired, Morgan. No, just kidding. <laughs> and I want to end it on this.
0: Yes, Thank you so much. I loved this. You did a great job, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: I had to listen, you know. <laughs> it was good. Thank you for talking into my ear about <laughs> a lot of personal things.
0: Of course. You know. Thank you for allowing me to do so.
1: You got to thank yourself.
0: Thank me. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you
1: for allowing me to thank yourself.
0: Thank you for allowing me to thank me.
1: Yeah. If there's any psychology word people out there that can <laughs> word that for us, you know, send us a <laughs> message on the Just Us Uh, instagram page
0: yes follow just us on all platforms